This is a Science Talk podcast from Scientific American. I'm Pakina Maimir. It's as old as ancient Greece and a practice driven by passion as it is by facts and evidence. It's also exclusively human. Animals cannot debate. Machines cannot debate, right? Well, here's the thing. This truly is a first for us, the first time that an artificial intelligence, namely Project Debater, will be on our stage arguing with a human being and may the best debater win. And as we like to say at every debate, may civil discourse win as well. That debate between man and machine happened in 2019 in San Francisco in front of a live audience. My guest today is Noam Slonim, a distinguished engineer at IBM Research Haifa, who, along with colleague Granit Aronov and others, created the machine that was on that stage, one that can debate a human without a script and occasionally win, one with a supercomputer for a brain. Project Debater is a cloud-based AI system created by IBM built with an NLP or a natural language processing model and trained using deep learning and machine learning techniques. It took about seven years to develop, and since, it has proven itself a formidable opponent to champion debaters worldwide. Its model can scan over 400 million newspaper articles and Wikipedia pages in the time it takes you to finish a cup of coffee. It has a synthetic female voice, soft, human-like, with a metallic edge. Some news outlets have called it Miss Project Debater, referring to it with the she pronoun. I'm personally conflicted about humanizing it, until it's on Twitter engaging in low-level debates and foaming at the mouth over which animal, a cat or a dog, is the better pet. For now, it will do. But I suspect you've never debated a machine. Noam, who decides if your AI has won a debate or not? How can you measure this? I think a reasonable measure of asking the, the audience to vote before the debate starts and then to vote again after the debate ends. And then the winner is declared as the side who was able to pull more votes to, to his side. But we also asked the, the audience another question. Which side better enriched your knowledge during the debate? And, and consistently in almost all the debates that we had with humans, uh, the system was receiving uh, significantly higher scores than humans. Uh, I think it was not very surprising, but still it was uh, reassuring and interesting to, to observe. Debate is very complex. It involves arguments and counter-arguments, cross-references and analogy, the ability to engage with confidence in a dialogue, and to judge the quality of a piece of information and whether or not it will further one's cause, and finally, to leave an impression on an audience, enough to sway them to your side. Debate is also more than the sum of its parts. And that's what I ask Gnome about next. How do you train a computational system to engage meaningfully with a human? So, so first of all, at a high level, the, the system has two major sources of, uh, of information. One of them is a massive collection of around 400 uh, million newspaper articles. And uh, when the debate starts, the system is uh, uh, trying to find using different uh, AI components, the system is trying to find short pieces of text that satisfy uh, three criteria. They should be relevant to the topic, they should be argumentative in nature, they should argue something about the topic, and they should support our side of the debate. And once it finds these short pieces of text, the system is trying to 
use other capabilities in order to glue them together uh, into a compelling narrative. So this is one major source of information for the system. The other major source of information for the system is uh, a, a collection of more uh, principled arguments uh, that tries to capture the commonalities between the many different debates that humans are having. So uh, these are arguments written by experts. We had uh, thousands of uh, such more principled argumentative elements. And when the debate starts, the system is looking for the most relevant principled arguments in this collection in order to use them in, in the right timing. So just to give an example, what we mean by, by a principled argument. So if we are debating whether or not to ban the sale of alcohol or whether or not to ban uh, organ trade, in both cases, the opposition may argue that if you ban something, you are at the risk of the emergence of a black market that by itself has a lot of negative implications. So the black market argument is a principled one. It can be used similarly in many different contexts. And this is what the system is trying to do with this source of information. But by the way, people may naively assume that this is just a keyword matching thing, that if you ban something, we should anticipate the opposition to use the, the black market argument, but obviously this is uh, not always the case. So sometimes we give the example of a debate about uh, whether or not we should ban uh, the use of internet cookies. So probably we're not going to see a black market of people selling internet cookies in the street corners or something like that. So it is more subtle than that. So in, in this aspect of as well, the system needs to develop a more, uh, I would say, nuanced understanding uh, of the human language in order to perform well. So this is the second major source of information. And finally, of course, there is rebuttal, which is the most uh, challenging part. Uh, we need somehow to respond uh, to the arguments uh, raised by, by the opposition. And uh, this starts by understanding the words articulated by the human opponent. And for that, we simply used uh, Watson uh, speech recognition capabilities out of the box. But of course, we need to go beyond the words. We need somehow to understand the gist of the arguments of the opposition. And for that, we used an arsenal of techniques. Most of them rely on the same principle of trying to anticipate in advance uh, what the opposition might argue and then listen to determine whether indeed the opposition were making these arguments and then respond accordingly. You may have noticed that Noam referred to Watson. That's not a reference to IBM's founder, Thomas J. Watson, but a supercomputer, a predecessor of Project Debater, which, okay, was named after Thomas J. Watson, you win. Watson, the computer and not the industrialist, made his debut on Jeopardy! the IBM Challenge in 2011, and it killed it, scorching the human competition and wrapping up with a score of over $77,000. The AI was also featured in a collaborative series between Bloomberg and Intelligence Squared US, paid for by IBM. The series was the first time that the AI really flexed its power to analyze the same issues that are typically taken on by human debaters using crowdsourced information. At one point, IBM Watson sifted through over 5,000 submissions from the public, all written in natural human language, and analyzed the arguments within them. It filtered out irrelevant data and clustered the rest into for and against categories. 
It was then able to weave a narrative that played to the strength of each side of the argument. Arguably, not a bad tool for policymakers. Perhaps Project Debater can weigh in on the merit of its big brother one day, without bias, of course. Speaking of bias, the past few years have proven that algorithms are as biased as the people who created them. In what is Project Debater, if not a bundle of algorithms. It also seems that Project Debater, without sentiments and inherent moral compass or a sense of right or wrong, is as neutral and fair as the information it siphons into a live debate. So how do we guarantee it's not pulling from the wrong sources, sources that are biased or malicious? So, so if the data is biased, the system might be sensitive to that. If you are considering uh, uh, a particular controversy and then you run the algorithms and you end up with, you know, 1,000 arguments that support the motion and only five arguments that contest the motion, you immediately understand that there is bias in, in the data that you are considering in favor of one side versus the other. Now, whether this, this bias is justified or not, this is a different question, but, but this is at least a way to quantify and understand that the bias exists. In other words, while Project Debater cannot remove bias from the sources, it can somehow recognize it. And so far, it's not pulling from the entire internet, but from a verified library of resources that includes scholarly journals and credible news. While Project Debater is indeed clever and a feat of computer engineering, really, it is, it's still missing the very obvious human elements that can make or break some debates. The tone and cadence of a person's voice, charisma, passionate belief in what a person is arguing for or against. Debater is meanwhile faceless. You are right, you know, even if we go back to the ancient Greeks and Aristotle, they... He was thinking about rhetorics, and he defined three fundamental pillars for rhetorics. We had the logos and ethos and pathos. And you are right that the system that we developed is more focused on logos. That said, I think it has elements also for the other pillars. So first of all, I think it's an interesting question, you know, to what extent an artificial intelligence system has an ethos? I think it it does. Because when the audience listen to, to a machine, quoting and numbers and, and, and specific facts that are related to the debate, the audience understands that this is a machine. I believe consider the data being presented by the machine as, as reliable. In addition, regarding pathos, this is again another highly important element uh, during a debate, and obviously humans are much better with that, but still we invested in this aspect as well, and we were trying to make the voice of the system to be more expressive, uh, not too much, but still more expressive for the purposes of the debate. So we were trying to some extent to consider all three aspects, but indeed we're focused more on logos, and this may explain some of the results of the debate. But there are teams not, not in academia that are actually considering the other aspects. So this is a very active uh, field of research. The team that brought Project Debater to life didn't just involve computer scientists and technologists. According to Noam, it was at the intersection of many disciplines. At one point, they even had an author, a philosophy student, and a world champion debater on the team. I couldn't help wonder... If someday Project Debater will find its way into our social media as a mediator or as misinformation police. 
over the last year, we started to consider more, I would say, interactive forms of dialogue systems that benefit from the the notions and the and the assets and the technologies that we developed as part of Project Debater. We demonstrated the system in a debate, which is interactive but has a very clear structure. And in a free dialogue, this is a different scenario that we have started to explore with uh, collaborators in academia. How can we take these notions into a more free dialogue style system? It's very interesting to observe the difference between this scenario and a debate. Because in a debate, you, you really try to defeat the opponent. And here, I believe this is a different situation, right? If, if you just... And, and it has a lot of implications because if you just keep shooting evidence at, at the other side, intended to prove the other side that they are wrong, this will not be that beneficial. Chances are that you will just cause the other side to be more protective. So we, we are looking at something that will require new capabilities. It's also about being able somehow to listen, somehow to reflect to the other side, their concerns. So I hopefully we will have interesting results to share in the upcoming months. I dare say that even Project Debater cannot argue against that. Noam says that this is their next challenge, making the AI system work in a free, interactive dialogue. You've heard from Noam Slonim from IBM Research Labs in Haifa. That was Science Talk, and this is your host, Pakina Maimer. Thank you for listening.